Hey everybody, welcome to the Inspire Podcast. This is Matt, lead pastor of Inspire Church located in Westfield, Indiana. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's happening around here, be sure to subscribe to our text updates by texting the keyword INSPIRE. That's N-S-P-I-R-E to 888-382-1952. I hope the following message inspires you to take the next step in your faith journey. Welcome. Yeah, we've had a lot of fun through the years. It's been a blast being here. Matt and I have way more fun than what it even probably looks like we're having, and sometimes you wonder exactly how serious we actually take this whole gig. Um, speaking of taking it seriously, we take your kids' safety very seriously, and we should probably double-check the security around here because I saw a guy with a black suit and a weapon walking back around there in a mask and stuff, so probably want to check into that. In my last Sunday here with you, I wanted to kind of wrap all of this up together, and I, I am using the packaging or the title for this of talking about seasons. I mentioned that in the video, and I thought that this would be a great way for me to kind of look back on some of the, some of the messages I've shared through the years, and also maybe give you a little bit of an insight into kind of where I'm at in my life, and perhaps give you a little bit of hope and encouragement, because we all go through seasons in our lives, seasons of change. I know this intimately. My family and I know this because we've gone through various seasons, and there's so many different ways you prepare for something like starting a church. And those same ideas, those same principles are in play whenever you're moving to a new city, taking a new job, having a change in your marital status, your relationship status. There's all kinds of seasons. There's a verse in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1. I mentioned this in the video. It says, for everything, there is a season and a time for every purpose under heaven. You know, throughout life, we experience these different types of seasons, these transitions in our life, both personally and professionally. As I've been kind of preparing for this time and this season, I've been doing some reading. There's this one book in particular that has kind of been helpful for me as I figure out what it is like to navigate a change in your career, in your life like this, and as I navigate my own season of transition. And Catherine May wrote this book called Wintering, and she says this, everybody winters at some time or another. Some winter over and over again. However it arrives, wintering is usually involuntary, lonely, and deeply painful. Yet it's also inevitable. We have seasons when we flourish and seasons when the leaves fall from us, revealing our bare bones. Given time, they grow again. Winter is not the death of the life cycle, but in fact, it's crucible. There is a crossroads that we all know, a moment when you need to shed a skin. If you do, you'll expose all those painful nerve endings, and you'll feel so raw that you'll need to take care of yourself for a while. If you don't, then that skin will harden around you. You know, it's important whenever we go through seasons of change that we really lean into it. I, I think if there's one thing that I can say that in the last nearly 10 years, as I've pastored here, I've tried to be as real and as authentic as I can about myself and my own journey. And even that means, man and I both, you know, sometimes pulling back the curtain and, and showing, you know, we're not some kind of like super spiritual Christian, that we struggle with the same questions, the same doubts. We deal with that same sense of tension and uncertainty, especially when you navigate times. And these times of transition in, in, in spiritual work is called, there's a name for it, there's a word for it, it's called liminal space. And liminal space 
The word liminal comes from the Latin root limen, which means threshold. It's this time when you're on the threshold of something new. You're ending one thing and you're beginning something else. Or perhaps that thing that you're coming out of, maybe it's not even an end, but it's you're sensing that there's something different coming up. You know, we've experienced that at times in our lives, you know, graduating high school. That first time we got our driver's license and we could drive on our own and we're experiencing that freedom. Maybe that first time you moved away from your parents and you experienced that sense of freedom and excitement. Or that time when you said, I do, and you walked down the aisle and you committed to someone. Or when you said, I don't, and you ended up having to sign those divorce papers. Those times in our lives where we're on the threshold, where something is changing in our life and is moving us forward, and that's really what we want to do, isn't it? Because as much as we dread change, staying where we're at is not helpful. Staying where we're at is not growth, it's death. And to stay where you're at means you may be free from the pain of change, but you're also not experiencing the joy of doing something new. We talked about these seasons of change throughout our series, and there's a few different series I'll kind of highlight here this morning as I kind of look back. But uh, in this particular series in 2018, we talked about this land between. You may remember this series. This was a, a huge series where we talked about the children of Israel, and they were kind of in that in-between space, that liminal space. This liminal space is like a crossing over. It's crossing from where we're at over into something new. It's a space where you left something behind, and yet you are not fully in the place where you want to be or where you think you're going to be. I've experienced that even just in the last month because, you know, since we've placed or posted this announcement... I've talked to a lot of you, I've talked to people in the community, and you know, obviously a lot of people ask, so how are you doing, where are you at, and all that? And I do something really, really good, because as uh, Enneagram 5, I'm really, really good at compartmentalizing my emotions, and I can just put all those emotions in a box and just kind of stick it up on a mental shelf. And, and Lisa's nodding her head because she knows that that's true about me. And so like, I haven't really forced myself to reckon with all of the aspects of this, but I'm planning a time of retreat for myself where I can get away. I've, I've spoken with my spiritual director and I've met with them um, to, to help me go into the season and to navigate it well, to lean into this time of transition, to lean into this liminal space. One of my favorite authors, Richard Rohr, he says it this way. He says, liminal space is a unique spiritual position where human beings hate to be, but where the biblical God is always leading them. It is where you have left the tried and true, but you have not yet been able to replace it with anything else. It's when you are in between your old comfort zone and any possible new answer. You will want to run anything to flee from this cloud of unknowing. I remember reading this book at a pivotal point in my spiritual journey and thinking about these seasons of life along the way in our ministry. And I want to just kind of walk you through sort of a, a real high-level overview of what this ministry journey has been like for me. And the things that I'm thinking about as I'm thinking about this own liminal space that I'm in, this own period of transition. I want to walk you through this journey from the last 13 years. So my family and I, we moved here from Fort Wayne in July of 2008. And if you look at these uh, adorable faces, these are the faces of uh, some people who were, uh, were mostly excited. Some of us were excited about the move. Some of us were not so excited about the move. And I have the privilege of, raising, uh, of having raised two incredibly beautiful, intelligent, 
but oftentimes strong-willed teenage daughters. They're now teenage daughters, but like they were a part of this journey with us from the get-go. And I remember the conversations early on that we had with them when we were talking about something new. And for them, at such a young age, there was so much newness. You know, when we moved here, we had friends that moved and were a part of this process. And we, we moved into the space and we're so fresh-faced, so full of hope and ideas. And we had all these ideas and all these dreams. But there oftentimes we realize that the, the way towards getting where you want to be is often way more difficult than you anticipate. And you know this to be true. And even if you think you're preparing yourself for what the journey looks like, you realize that, that there are all kinds of things that happen that change the course that you're on. And nothing about our journey that we were on, nothing about it was easy. We went through some very lonely times and some oftentimes regrettable hairstyles along the way. This was a stage here for about uh, a hot minute, a few months, where I thought I could maybe grow out my hair and kind of be one of those cool longer hair pastors. And then I realized, and some other friends who were able to speak truth to me said, no, that's not you. You need to cut that hair. Um, but along the way, it wasn't just our hairstyles that changed. You know, I mean, the way that we thought we were going to do it would change. We, uh, we had dreams and hopes for this church, which was going to be called Imagine, that, uh, you know, being from a marketing background, I thought, you know, we, we've got a perfect opportunity. They tell you to launch in the fall. And so when we were looking at the time frame, I was like, you know what would be a perfect launch date? 10, 10, 10. The 10th of October was a Sunday. And I'm like, this, is, this was made to be marketed. 10, 10, 10. October 10th, 2010 was our launch date. As a matter of fact, I even had these cards printed there. It says, imagine coming 10, 10, 10. That was our hope and our dream for that time. And we initially thought we were launching that. What we realized along the way is that dreams have a way of changing. And when you're in these pivotal seasons of life, when you're in these liminal times, when you're in this time of change and transition, you have to hold everything loosely. In uh, June of 2010, we did a, uh, a church planters training intensive out in Fort Worth, Texas. And this is, this is us right there with our group. And the long story short of that, that time was that was a time where they were able to kind of look at our launch plan and look at where we were at. And I presented to them and showed them our launch plan. And I, this is me over there kind of with a little flip guide of like, you know, this is what this church is going to look like. I was, I was so excited about it, and uh, thankfully they had the wisdom to be able to kind of like pump the brakes a little bit and, and say, listen, you know, your idea of planning on October 10th of 2010, that's just not going to happen. With your launch team where it is, you know, it's just not going to happen. We had, we had friends that were a part of it, and we had people that had been on this journey with us, and we spent some time in those early days dreaming with friends about what this would look like, but then we realized it began to change, and you know, even in a picture like this, when I look at pictures like this, you know, I, I, I laugh because we're, we're so fresh-faced, so young, so full of dreams, and we had no idea what we were getting into. We had no idea how difficult it would be. So there are some here in this service and in the next service who have been a part of this process from the get-go or even kind of like T-minus, you know, uh, 15 minutes early, if you will, to the launch of this thing. So when we were first meeting as a launch team, we met in this uh, building that we affectionately called the Animal Room. If you can look on that, you'll see that there are these, all the, this was a kid's space at this church that is now present day, I think, Genesis Carmel. 
And uh, there was this cool kid space, and it was great for a kid's room, um, but there were all these animals all over, and you can't really see super well, but like there's kind of like a, I think the original Three Wolf Moon, if you've ever seen that shirt, I think that was originally painted there because there was a pretty good representation of that. But you know, we were trying everything we could to try to get people to come and hear about this idea, this dream, and, and there was so much of putting yourself out there. And, and so much extreme vulnerability because you recognize that when you're trying to start something new, you're trying to get other people on board and you're doing absolutely everything possible. And, you know, I mean, you can see and recognize some of the faces there. There's Nate and Aaron. This was pre-kids for them. Uh, Sean and Bree Davis were a part. And then there's some others in there. So that group helped us dream together. And it was relatively small by all accounts. We probably should have waited even longer to launch than when we did. But in October of 2011, October 23rd, as a matter of fact, um, well, back up at one week, we had our preview service, our very, very first kind of like time in this space at Oak Trace. And we were literally unpacking boxes as, as our audiovisual gear came in. We're setting our stuff up for like the first time, which probably we needed at least more than a week, ideally, to do that. But we were just like, you know, guns blazing, trying to get this thing up and going. And uh, there's Emily right there. Uh, you can see, again, just this, this timeline of what it was like in the process. And so we were setting everything up, and then we set the date for our grand opening on October 23rd in 2010. We sent out our mailers, and we put up our yard signs, and then we had our grand opening. And it was exciting. The thing about seasons of change, the thing about these liminal seasons in our life is that, and I think you probably know this, because if you've ever like, had these really, really high mountaintop moments, right? you know, a graduation, a wedding, or something like that. You can go from the highest of highs down to the lowest of lows very, very quickly. Um, as I've been even preparing for this weekend, a lot of people ask, you know, how are you feeling? How are you ready? And stuff. And I, and I know enough about myself. Like, getting through and up to today is not going to be the problem for me. It's going to be probably in the next, you know, couple days in the next week or two. Because there's always that time where we're readjusting to the new normal. And something can go great on all accounts, and then you're still struggling with where you're at because seasons of change have a way of just like shaking everything up, of just really getting you down to who you are. And I learned a lot about myself in these last 10 years, but I learned a lot about myself in those first few years as a church planner as we would start this thing. And we tried and did all kinds of things together. Um, I, I do want to say that as I look back on this, this season of life for me, I could not have done it without the volunteers, the people that have been a part of this journey. Again, whether you were a part from like all the way back in the beginning with us or whether you've only recently come on, so many incredible people have played a part in getting the church off the ground and getting our church to where it is today. We've had so many great people that have been a part of this journey, many of whom have become some of our closest friends. And that is something that I count so incredibly, I count myself so fortunate because uh, I, I'm fully aware that for many of us, we have jobs, but those jobs are not always the source of our friendships and relationships. And I've been privileged over the last 10 years to be able to have a job where I've gotten to know all of you. 
and I've let you into my life as much as I could, and you've let me into yours. I've, I've been on this journey with you through some of your dark moments where you're in hospitals or in funeral homes. I've been with you through some of those highlight mountaintop moments where, where you're in the hospital with welcoming a new child in the world or celebrating new seasons of life. I've been through that with you, and I've been so incredibly fortunate to be able to walk that with you. I do want to make sure that I give especially special recognition to one person because my wife Lisa has truly been the cornerstone of, of my journey. She's been my rock in this whole process. She's put in more hours than just about any volunteer. She's served so faithfully, both in visible roles as well as behind the scenes, especially in those first like five years. There were so many things she did behind the scenes that most people didn't even know about or weren't aware. And I, I don't give her enough credit, and for that I fault myself for not often enough saying how important she has been for me as my sounding board, my anchor, my cheerleader, the source of so many, many great ideas, um, and a friend to so many of you. I, as, as I've been through this process and this journey of pastoring, I know my own limitations as a human being, and I know my own limitations relationally, and I know that, man, had I not had somebody like Lisa by my side, I mean, there's probably so many of you who would have just like walked in and walked out. I mean, she has been that connecting relational factor for so many of you. And so, uh, Lisa, I'm so, so thankful that you've been a part of this journey with me. I'm so grateful that you were a part of this whole process. And, uh, and, and my family as a whole, this is uh, us, I think, at year three when we were celebrating uh, our three-year anniversary as a church there. Um, my girls grew up in a church. They were PKs, which some of you in the church world know, pastor's kid. That's kind of the, you know, the acronym that is used for that. And, and there's all kinds of terrible stories that I've heard of PKs and people who have grown up under the spotlight of uh, the watchful eye of people assuming that because you're a PK, you know something about you know, every single book of the Bible, or they, you can answer all these spiritual questions, and, and that there's all these expectations. I'm so incredibly grateful that, that for the most part, this church has been such a safe and nurturing place for my girls. Uh, you have given my girls the opportunity to be themselves without the expectation that they should be something because I happen to be a pastor. And I know that there's, even in these last 10 years, they've had to sacrifice in being a part of this journey with us as well. And it wasn't easy for them, and you've all loved them along the way. And I'm so, so incredibly grateful to you for that, and so incredibly grateful to, to both my girls for, for being a part of this journey with me. Um, as we look along the way, April 2012 was our very first Easter egg drop. It has since grown into something much larger than what it was here. This was in the uh, field behind Oak Trace Elementary School for our very, very first one. I, and I think back of like, what a crazy idea that actually was the first time that we did it, that we were bringing a helicopter and dropping eggs over, you know, a residential area. I mean, there was all kinds of things that could have gone wrong. But it was a huge hit, and we had so many volunteers that were a part of it. In uh, 2012 was our very first 80s mixtape series, um, which has since become something that we've done a few times and uh, we love that series. It just continues to just get better and better. And we've had so many great times along the way. In 2013 and 14, our following years, we served our community through so many different outreach events, like the, the booth that we had at the Indianapolis Comic Con, which, I mean, how many churches set up a booth at a comic convention? 
And again, that was just so much fun. And I fully admit that probably that was just something that was birthed out of my extreme geekdom. And I thought, you know what? I've always wanted to have a booth at a Comic-Con, and now I can say that I have. And that was so much fun. And what a unique, fun way to serve our community. But so many of you, there were a number of you who actually came on came to the church for the very first time when we were doing that series, and, and you told me, like, man, I've never seen a church that does the kind of things that you do, and, and you just jumped right on since then, and it's been a fun and wild ride. Uh, having Ken Shamrock, our Westfield Rocks the Fourth, uh, throughout the way, again, all of the volunteers, the people who worked behind the scenes, I want you to know that anything good about me in the community, any good words I've, I've received, any compliments, or affirmations, I'm fully, fully aware that behind Matt and myself are all of you that help pull this together, help make this happen, help make this community so much fun. And I couldn't have done it without you. All of you have made the last 10 years so much fun. In the beginning of 2016, it, I was at probably what was for me, one of the lowest points in my ministry and my spiritual journey. I was just tired, I was discouraged. And then God brought Matt and I together. Now, we knew each other from the community and from our two churches, uh, having served in the same community. And Matt and I started getting together and, and, and meeting and having lunch and talking. And I'd like to say it was a match made in heaven, but in one of our first meetings in the office there, Matt knocked a clock off the wall, fell and hit my nose. I don't know if you can see. That's what I was pointing to right there. I had this huge bruise on my nose, and I told Matt, I told everybody that Matt clocked me, which he did, literally, in that time there. And, uh, and that wasn't the only time. I mean, in one of our first lunch meetings with uh, Doug Talley, our state pastor, I was choking on some food, and Matt, trying to be the heroic type, decided to do the Heimlich on me, only he didn't mention he had never done the Heimlich and didn't know how to do the Heimlich. And he proceeded to break several of my ribs and so for weeks afterwards, I was reminded of his desire to help me and protect me along the way. And he's offered since then, we joke all the time, anytime we're out eating and I choke and he's like, you want me to do the Heimlich? I'm like, no, stay away from me, Matt. Throughout this process, you know, there was in our uh, relationship toolbox series, we use this definition for a relationship. We said a relationship is just a couple of idiots who don't know a dang thing, except that they're willing to figure it out together. And I think that describes Matt and I so well. I mean, you know, we came together with a shared desire to serve our community, and because we held so many things in common in terms of what we valued, even though we were so vastly different in so many different areas. And man, and I have truly epitomized what it means to kind of build the bridge as you walk on it. Because this whole journey, we didn't have a rule book that told us how to do it. Well, I mean, there were books out there, how to do mergers and things like that, but man, there were so many of the things we had to figure out as we go. And I think the church that is here today it's here, it's a testament to our desire, Matt and I, to just figure it out as we go and to really fully acknowledge we may not have all the answers, but we're figuring it out the best we can. Um, a few weeks after I told Matt that I was stepping down as we were kind of processing this whole thing, um, he was thinking about, you know, the speaking and the series and stuff, and he'd ask me, he's like, you know, Brad, he's like, would you ever, you know, come back and just like speak every now and again if we need a guest speaker? And I texted him back this, I, I said, yeah, put me in coach, anytime you need me to suit up and take the field, I'm here from you. That's actually 
a picture from like when we were getting ready to do our merge, we were doing our United series. Somebody came up with this idea. I, I don't know what the, what the reasoning was, but uh, of, of me donning a football suit. And this football suit was like three or four sizes too small. And so it was a very uncomfortable moment and one that we laugh about. If you see Chirrut's face back there, that was probably everybody's face uh, <laughs> that morning when we were doing that. Um, and so, yeah, you know what? It's been a lot of fun. In, in, after the merger, we started moving into this building project in 2017. We started working on this, and this building project was, was truly some of the best times I spent with some of you in ministry and in life, and it was some of my lowest low points, some of the most exhausting moments of my whole spiritual journey and my whole just physical journey in that 10 months that we experienced here as we worked on this space with so many of you that just put in so much blood, sweat, and tears into this spot. And I mean all three of those literally because we did all those. This pic these two pictures represent for me the true high, high points and the true low, low points. This first picture was in September of 2017. Um, Tim and Matt and I and Dana, we had just hung these or mounted these first windows that are out in the lobby. So before those windows were mounted, it was just the aluminum walls and the lobby was dark and, you know, whatever. So when we first cut those, wind, cut those holes and put those windows in, like, we were, we were like kids on Christmas. We were so excited because we were seeing the space come together. And so, like, that excitement and that energy that you see in that picture represented, like, probably one of the highest high points in this whole process. At this point, we also thought that things were going to be wrapping up before the end of the year. We had no idea that things were going to stretch on as long as they did. This next picture here is in January of 2018. And I don't know if you can read from my body language of just my shoulders slumped. This was probably very late at night when this picture was taken. Um, and it was kind of after everybody had left and we were painting. And, and one of the worst parts, I mean, painting with a spray painter is fantastic. It's, it's very quick. But one of the worst parts is cleaning out those tools, especially in cold water when the building's cold, your hands are cold, and you're tired, your feet and your back ache. And uh, I, man, I, when I showed Matt that picture, he's like, oh my gosh, it gives me like, you know, the, the chills, you know, seeing that, you know, it's like PTSD. There were, there were some really, really rough times along this process. But throughout the whole thing, we, we worked together to be in the space and to be able to have a space, a place that we could call home. And uh, we had our first service in March of 2018 here in the building. And then later that fall, we had our grand opening. And uh, it was such a fun and exciting time. Uh, 2019, going from 2018 into 2019, 2019 was probably one of our best years yet as a church. Man, I talk about like, man, we were firing on all cylinders. We had this new space, and we were trying and doing new things. We were relishing the fact that we didn't have to set up and tear down every single Sunday. But uh, as I look back on that, that 2019 year was kind of like a calm before the storm, especially for my family, because uh, Chloe graduated in June of that year, and that fall she went off to college. Many of you know the story. Within her first week of college, uh, she was in the ER, diagnosed as a type 1 diabetic. Our family went through that whole process of figuring out our new normal, that liminal space, that transition time. Um, and then also later in, earlier in 2020, or in 2020, we, uh, Lisa's sister, who had lived with us for over a year, um, was young and uh, had some health issues, and, but we fully did not expect. She uh, passed away unexpectedly, and our, and our family went through the whole process of mourning, 
that loss of adjusting again to this time of change. And then we rolled right from that into COVID and this pandemic and everything else. So like for many of you, I'm fully aware that the pandemic has sort of been like the baseline level of crazy that you've been dealing with in life. And it's not that that's even put you over the edge, but it's all the things that have piled up on top of it. Just this past week alone, uh, Matt and I were talking, uh, there are currently three or four different people that are within the church that, that are either themselves or family members in the hospital. Two different people lost parents this week. And, and I'm fully aware that in the midst of a time like this, there's so much change. And it feels like we're doing so much to try to keep ourselves strong and to keep ourselves together. Which brings me back to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, 1. For everything, there's a season. There's a season for everything. There's a time for everything under heaven. It says there's time for every purpose under heaven. In September of 2017, we did this series. You may remember the Beginner's Guide to Predicting Your Future. We talked about the idea of living in the direction of your purpose. What is it that you're here for? And what are you doing to move in that direction? We talked about how your direction, not your intentions, are the things that determines your destination, where you're ultimately going to wind up. And during seasons of transition, it's important to return to your purpose. What on earth am I here for? I've even had to deal with that as I go into this new season because for me, pastor is a title that I have worn, but the things that I've done, I haven't done just because I had the title of pastor, but because I care about many of you as human beings and the times I've spent with you in hospitals or crying with you over the loss of something or navigating some season of change were things that I enjoy doing as a, as a human being, is part of my God-given purpose. And it transcends a title or a salary or a place of employment. And so my challenge to you would be to ask yourself, what is it you are here for? And in those seasons of change and transition, to be fully aware of the ways that you are leaning into and living into your purpose. If Ecclesiastes says there's a time and season for everything and a time for every purpose under heaven, that means that your purpose in life, the things that make you come alive, those are God-given gifts that God has given you to pour into others on their journey in this world. You can do it whether or not you are in ministry, whether or not you work for a nonprofit or in the corporate world, whether or not you're a stay-at-home parent or whether or not you are working all these hours, wherever it is, you can live out your purpose, your calling your vocation in life. Another series that we did in uh, 2020, in the very beginning of the year before we had hit the pandemic, was that series called All In. And we asked the question in that series, I asked the question, is it time to take a risk? What risks do you need to take in life? <clears throat> throughout this journey, throughout this, these years, Lisa and I have, have never shied away from taking risks. And if I could say, uh, as, as I continue to, to compliment and call out the ways that Lisa supported me in this journey, I, I'm fully aware that she has been a rock of support in terms of saying yes to so many things that probably most people in their right minds shouldn't have said yes to. But she was willing to stand alongside me, side by side, as together we did crazy things and made all kinds of crazy mistakes but as we were leaning forward and falling in the direction of our purpose, falling in the direction of the things that we were passionate about. And this church is here because Matt and I chose to take a risk 
in our own ways, in our own stories, to live in the direction of our purpose. A little bit later in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, there's another reminder. If the clouds are full of water, they pour rain on the earth as it did last night, or hail if you were in the area. Whoever watches the wind will not plant. Whoever looks at the clouds will not reap. What I've learned, especially over the last 13 years of our journey, is that there are all kinds of risks, but there are times where things are less than ideal and you have to move forward anyway. Even this transition for me does not feel like it is going the way I was even anticipating it going. Uh, by all rights, the best and smartest thing to do would be to wait to kind of hand in your resignation until you've got that next job, that next thing lined up. And what I'm realizing is that this new season of change and transition for me is exciting simply because of the unknown elements. As I'm leaning now into the idea of like beginning to resurrect my freelance design work that I thought I was kind of done with, I was kind of ready to sort of take a back seat and, and, and basically kind of clock in and clock out for a little while. But I'm starting to realize that there's some excitement that's beginning to come in that process again. But it's the idea of taking risks and leaning forward and recognizing that if we wait until the conditions are ideal, we'll never do the things that we need to do. We'll never make the move. As Alan Watts says, the only way to make sense out of change is to plunge into it, to move with it, to join the dance. And I love that idea of joining a dance, of picturing it as something that you are moving with, you are transitioning with. It's this organic process. And the more that we try to fight it, and those of us who like control, that try to define it and put it in these neat boxes that make sense, the more that we realize that those things don't work. And so we give up fighting and we begin to learn to, to roll with it, to flow with it. Because at the end of the day, change is difficult. I said that in our video and I recognize and I've heard from so many of you and it means so much to me as you've either written cards or emails or text messages or spoken to me personally and, and you've said so many kind things about for you how much you'll miss uh, either my speaking or various things. And, and I recognize change is not comfortable. It's tough. I've heard it said that, that change is hard at first and messy in the middle, but sometimes gorgeous in the end. When we're going through those times of change, we can feel very exposed, very opened up in a way that is very uncomfortable. We have to let other people in. I could not be where I'm at if through the years I did not let people into my life to be able to speak into my life. So many of you at different points offered words of encouragement, support. We either sat together and had a beer together, went out to lunch, had each other over each other's houses, or simply just enjoyed time at a movie. We went through this process together. And going through something together is so much better than going through it alone, isn't it? It may have taken three years and three months from the time that we moved down here to actually see this thing get started, but it's taken all of the last 10 years for us to kind of realize where we're at in this journey thus far. Rarely do we get what we want when we're in the middle of these times of transition because we want answers, we want clarity, we want provision, we want direction. Another book that I was reminded of during this time, and I've mentioned this in the past, there's a book called Broken Open, How Difficult Times can help us grow. And Elizabeth Lester says, how strange that the nature of life has changed. 
yet the nature of human beings is to resist change? How ironic is it that the difficult times we fear might ruin us are the very ones that can break us open and help us blossom into what we were meant to be? Because you see, when nothing is certain, anything is possible. In this journey for me, I've been so privileged to be able to walk through many times of transition with you. And I've counted it such a privilege to be able to be a part of this journey together. Because that moment between what you once were and who you are becoming, that is where the dance of life really begins. Lisa, just this morning, she was telling me, we were talking about this, what this season looks like. And she told me something, and I immediately wrote it down. She said, it's not about what you can achieve, but more about becoming who you truly are. And she's like, that's why I'm so excited. She's like, in the beginning part of our journey of planning this church, we were, we were full on in achieving mode. Like, we had to get things up and going. We had to grow the church, and we had to file reports about how it was doing. And, and we were all about achieving. And we, we poured all of ourselves into this process. But as you move through life and as you go through these seasons of change, as you go through these liminal times, you begin to recognize that more important than what you accomplish is the person you are becoming. I can look back, and I've showed you some of the things that we've accomplished together, but more important than the things that we've accomplished is the person I've become and the person that each of you have become along the way, about becoming who you truly are as we learn to embrace new seasons in our life. So I'm so thankful to have been a part of this journey with you. I'm so grateful to Matt for joining me in this last leg as we were able to partner up and as he was able to take this and move it forward into exciting new things ahead. And I'm excited both for your future and for mine. I'm proud of this church. I'm proud of so many of you and the things that you have done along the way, the persons you have become, the risks you have taken, and I will remain eternally grateful to you for the privilege and the opportunity to be able to be a part of this. You know me, I like quotes, and I think probably the best one that I could, I could wrap up with as I was kind of thinking, in terms of like picking your favorite quote, it's kind of like picking your, your favorite child, or your favorite Star Wars movie. You just can't do it, you just like them all, right? So, but I, I think if anybody can say something in a way that makes you want to listen, you know, Maya Angelou is one of my favorites. And, and she said, I've learned that people will forget what you've said, and they will forget what you did, but they will never forget how you made them feel. I hope for you that as you think back on any times you've spent with me, words I've spoken, more important than the things I've said, I hope what you have felt from me is a sense of belonging, the sense of being part of something bigger than yourself. And I hope that's something you carry forward with you. And when I think of my time, more important than any of the conversations I've had or the things I've accomplished, I may forget some of those details, but I'll never forget how you made me feel. And I'm incredibly, incredibly grateful. So thank you for being a part of this journey with me. Thank you for coming here this morning. Yep.
he was trying to get you there at the end, wasn't he? I saw you starting to choke up a little bit because we all know Matt's the crier here at church. Hey, don't go too far now. You're going to stay here. The uh, couple of things as we wrap up. Uh, we have a special gift for you that I have Nancy bringing out for us here. That's your cue, Nancy. Hopefully she doesn't drop it. Come check this thing out. Some uh -oh. people made you a special. Did oh, you almost wow. Is this oh. edible? This is it is edible. That. Holy smokes, that is incredible. That wow. is the Millennium so, Falcon. So this is a Millennium Falcon cake. For those of you who can't see it there. Don't yep, tip I'm it. Not, I'm, I'm, I've got I've it right here. I've been told not to tip it. May the force Goodness. be with you. That is absolutely beautiful. Thank you so much. Whoever made this, that's... that's I think Kristen Whitney. I, that would have been my guess. That's, yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. It makes I love me it. nervous. I wasn't carrying it. That's why I made Nancy do it. Because okay. if she dropped it, then it was not my fault. But I may or may not on the way out take it and like, you know, fly it out. I think so. you're supposed to eat it. Uh, yeah, well, but you can play with it we before you eat it too, right? It. Brad, look, I'll hold it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not feeding the cake. <laughs> It'd be like a, you know, a reverse wedding. You That's leave right, and I'll yeah. feed you, you cake may have seen that You saw that picture earlier, that picture when we were both like enjoying the champagne. That was when we had, had finally announced and formalized our, is, our merger there. That's so, what yeah. happens when you that's as far as that's bit. as far as I'm willing to go. With yeah, you, but, but that's I, thank you. That's beautiful. <laughs> you're welcome. I did it all. Uh, but in all seriousness, I I don't really have words to really like wrap this thing up except to say this. Like it almost feels like it is a different season, but this is still your home. Like we're still going to see you. Lisa and I were talking this last week, and like one of the things that Brad was kind of advised to do by some people who are smarter and wiser than us. Uh, one of our, you know, our state pastor was like, one of the things that's really good for somebody who's transitioning out but doesn't plan to relocate is to take a sabbatical in a sense of like disappear from church for a little while, allow people here uh, to get used to inspire without always going to Brad with all the questions because that's kind of how things work for us uh, and give a, him a break from that and uh, then maybe reemerge at the end of six months. And Lisa was like, I don't want to disappear for six months. And I was like, you don't have to. You know, like, we're just kicking Brad out. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Just kidding. Uh, you laugh because I'm glad you laugh at that because there are church situations where that wouldn't, you'd be like, yeah. oh, yeah, they really are kicking him out. No, yeah. we aren't. Um, and so this is still your home, and yeah. this is where you belong, and we know that, right? Yeah. So I'm not going to talk anymore. Mm. <laughs> but uh, I want to have Lisa and the girls come up. I don't even know why I'm getting emotional, Brad. I don't like you that much. <laughs> It's the weird thing about being a crier. You don't know when it's coming. <laughs> I want to say thanks to all of you. Let's get this silly thing out of the way. No one likes Star Wars anymore. So... <laughs> I do want to say thanks to all of you, and I know that you guys agree with me that they have been an instrumental part of this journey, all of you. And so I want to say a word of prayer if I can, <laughs> and I want to invite you to join me. And normally we do this thing in church world, which for some of you it weirds you out, where you're like, we touch each other, and you put your hand on a shoulder, and you're like, don't touch me, especially during COVID time. But uh, I want to invite you, if you want to, if you want to agree with me in prayer, stand. And uh, hopefully as we pray, you guys feel a sense of support and love. So we're going to try this. We're going to see. I'm not going to cry in second service, I promise. <laughs> it's not going to happen. 
Lord, I come in now and I thank you for this family. I thank you for their faithfulness. And I thank you for uh, their obedience to your call. We are here in some way or another, whether or not we came from another church to join here and we we're part of the, the other half of this here merger, or we came from Imagine from the very beginning, as Brad has said over and over, that we all collectively are what make this place so special, but we recognize that each one of us are so integral, so important to what we do, that even if we lost one person from this gathering, it dram dramatically changes us, Lord. And we recognize that this is a big shift for our church, and it feels like a big transition. And Lord, as change comes forward for all of us, Brad and Lisa and the girls, and as well as Inspire, Lord, I pray that you would give us the wisdom to know how to navigate it. And Lord, we uh, want to make sure that it is very clear that we recognize you are here with us, and that this family belongs in this space. And though roles may change, their space does not. They, are, they belong here. And so Lord, we thank you for them. Lord, I pray a special blessing over them that as they move forward into this next season that you would give them such clarity uh, in the midst of so much chaos. Lord, when they may not have the answers they want, Lord, would you provide the answers that they need? Would you give them the, uh, the open doors that are needed, and Lord, that you would continue to bless them. Lord, I thank you for my friend Brad and what he's meant to me. And just ask that you'd help him to quit making me cry, and uh, that you would help him know deep in his soul that you are with him, that you love him, he is yours, and that he is supported so much by a group of people that call this place home. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'm taking hugs from everybody. <laughs> Matt, I just have to tell you, I, I know this isn't going to pick up. Um, take my mic. I'll take your <laughs> It only okay. works because your husband keeps stealing my clip. Well, next week you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> Back when we were getting ready to talk about merging and everything, I was really ready for somebody to help take on this guy. And I want to thank you for the friend and the support that you've been through all these years. And I know Brad and I are incredibly excited to cheer you and Jen in this church on mm -hmm. and see what God's going to do going forward. And I really do believe the best is yet to come. And we can't wait to watch and see how that goes. We love you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Dude, as I was sitting right there, I was like, I, this is going to be easy. I'm not going to cry. I don't even feel emotional about it. And then as I started talking, I started crying. Sorry. Well, that's what we got for you. I know we have some special treats outside that are prepackaged and ready for you to go. And so we invite you to, to hang around if you can. We're doing our best with the distancing and stuff. But I do want to give you space. If you want to go ahead, you can go get out there and meet the people. Uh, but we want to give you some space to be able to talk with Brad before you jet. Or you can just like slap him if you want. Whatever feels good to you. Um, but... Uh, uh, but feel free to take some snacks, and please do take them, because we don't want them hanging out afterwards. Uh, and we have plenty for second service. So uh, uh, thanks for being here with us. And when Brad and I say this, we do mean this. Like, when people think of our church, they think of a church that loves the community and serves the community. And some of that's because Brad and I have, like, created a space that rallies people around that. But 
100%. It's because of you who make those things happen. When people call and say, hey, we need help, they know Brad and I aren't the only ones who can do these things. We always lean to this group to make those things happen. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling this place home, for your investment. We are a weird unicorn amongst churches. Uh, and I mean that. Like, I was talking to somebody this last week about uh, our church, and they were asking how things were going, and I was telling them a little bit about uh, our church. And before the pandemic, over 86% of you who call this place home serve and volunteer in one way or another. And the national average is actually 18% of the church members invest in some way or another. Like, this is just a weird space. It's unique. And so thank you for making it great. Uh, and thank you for calling this place home because as you know, we all belong here, don't we? All right, have a good one, guys. We'll see you next Sunday. Once again, thanks for listening. If you live in the Westfield area, we'd love to see you at one of our weekend gatherings. For directions and more information about our services and family ministries, check out our Facebook page or visit us online at www.inspire.church.